There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks the 55th anniversary of the Young Rascals releasing their last single under that name before changing to the Rascals. I spoke to founder Felix Cavallari when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band played the Birchmere in 2018, breaking down hits like Good Lovin', Groovin', and A Beautiful Morning. We are joined by Felix Cavallari, reuniting with Gene Cornish, uh, you know, the founding members, down at the historic Birchmere. Thank you so much for joining us, Felix. Well, my pleasure. Good to speak to you. Obviously, we've listened to your songs uh, over the years. <laughs> even, I mean, our, definitely, even our younger listeners, if they think they don't know it, they know these songs, I'm telling you. I assume we'll hear all the hits and any new stuff, too? Correct. Well, uh, basically, you know, we've, uh, we've put together a what I consider to be a great band. And we're going to do as much of the, uh, uh, not only the hits, but a lot of the album stuff that we did over the uh, years with Rascals. So it should be a lot of fun. And when was the last time you guys uh, played together? It's been a few years, right? Well, it's been a few years. Uh, We had a reunion in 2013. Uh, We did a Broadway show there. Uh, in, uh, uh, and it was kind of interesting. We had all four members at that time. And, you know, basically what happened is as, as I, I went out to Hawaii and did a show out there, and the people uh, really, really asked me if there's one more time we could come back. Because we, we were very, very fortunate to be very, very big in Hawaii, you know. And uh, so I said, well, why not? For God's sake, it would be fantastic if we can go out there and do one more, like, you know, run. So I called up all the guys, you know, and... Um, Really, the only one that really wanted to do it, you know, was uh, was Gene. The other guys were either either committed to doing something else or, you know, just weren't weren't uh, in the mood. Right. So uh, we we decided to go out and we we grabbed uh, and used uh, Carmine a piece uh, from the Vanilla Fudge for our drummer. Oh, nice! So it's it's a rocking band, and you know, the the nice thing about it is the people we have now are really really enthusiastic about going out and playing the music that they kind of grew up with, you know. Yeah, it's it's that great music. I mean, I've heard it. It's been called you know blue eyed soul. Um, but man, it's I mean those songs are just so I kind of take me back to when you guys actually um, when you guys actually formed the first time. Uh, I always like hearing the the band formation story. Mm-hmm. I was in pre med up in Syracuse University, and I took a summer off. Uh, went to uh, work in the Catskills, and during that period of time, I was kind of discovered, so to speak, by this group, uh, Joey D and the Starlighters, who were um, about to go to Europe, and unbeknownst to them, their organ player quit. So they called me up and asked me if I'd like to join them. I said, yeah, why not? You know, And I took, a, took some time off from school. And um, during that time, I was able to see this group that was later to become world-renowned. Uh, it was called the Beatles. 
<laughs> they opened up for Joey in uh, two two different places. We worked in Germany and in Sweden. And uh, I really, you know, saw something that, you know, really kind of turned me on. First of all, the audience reaction was unbelievable. Second of all, this was a group that was now writing their own music. And, uh, you know, I really said, well, hey, man, I, I think I could do this. I think this looks like a, a, a great thing to do. Let, let me give it a try. So, you know, I went back to the United States. I worked for a while, and I had to clear up a little bit of problem with the United States government there, you know, and because uh, we had draft in those days. And uh, then I started the band. I, 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 my idea was to get the best players and best singers that I could find. And it worked. It worked. Within six months, we had a record deal. That's so that's a quick synopsis. But no, I'm I'm very impressed. You actually did it much uh, more economically than other legends, music legends. So thank you. Uh, no, but uh, take, I, I, I want to ask, of course, um, your, your breakout hit, Good Lovin'. Do you remember where you were when you recorded that and being in the sure. studio? Like, take me into that behind-the-scenes story of when you guys got Well, it's back. an interesting story as well, because in, these, in those days, as I said, you know, it was kind of unique to write your own songs. And it certainly was unique as far as the club owners that we played for. They didn't want anything to do with originals. They wanted covers. Right. And it had to be a cover or you were not allowed to play it. So I went on a kind of a quest to find records that I thought were really cool that perhaps, you know, were not big hits. People didn't know them. And I would go out and buy the 45 and actually show the club owner, look, this is a record, man. This is, I didn't, you know, I didn't make this up. And uh, from the first day that we did our version of Good Lovin', people got up and danced. People got up out of their seats. So when Atlantic Records came to see us, we were working at a place in Long Island called The Barge. They uh, obviously asked us to record that, and you know, it was our second release, and it was a smash hit. So no complaints there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you, what's interesting to me, you go from that, which obviously good loving right out of the gate. That's high energy. That's upbeat. And then you, but you follow it up, but you slow it down into grooving. Uh, how did you right. guys come up with that one? Well, you know, again, now, once that record hit, uh, now the, the kind of status changes between artist and record company. And they're no longer kind of telling you what to do. You're kind of telling them what to do, you know. So <laughs> we said, well, we're going to go out and write our own songs. And we got pretty lucky, let me tell you, because it, that, that's quite a challenge. And we're very fortunate that it worked, because sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes bands disappear because of that desire to create. But uh, Groovin came along as, a, oh, I think it was about the third or fourth song that we, uh, that we wrote and put out and had you know, tremendous success with. Absolutely. Well, there's so many we could go in through. I mean, um, people, I mean, seriously, go back and check them out again. You'll, you forget how many people got to be free and right. how can I be sure. But let's let's go into one more. Uh, a beautiful morning. You'll hear that still on the, you know, walking right. through the grocery store, or probably on TV commercials a million times. Um, yes. Take me into the formation of a beautiful morning. Well, again, I bring up the island of uh, Oahu out in Hawaii. Uh, the rascals were huge in Hawaii in the uh, in the 60s. Uh, they took to us as if we were the uh, Beatles. Uh, we, we were very popular. So I was out there, and uh, at that time we had a number one record. I think Groovin was pretty much on the charts there, and I was madly in love, and this, here we are in this gorgeous place. I said, how about if we write a song? How about if we tell people just how good this feels? And, you know, maybe forever they can get this feeling. And, and, and it kind of captured the moment, and it, and it still does.
Absolutely. Well, of course, you guys deservedly uh, inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Memories of that night and how special it was to be. I mean, you mentioned the Beatles earlier in this interview, but, you know, to be included in in, right. in that kind of company and finally getting your due. I mean, I know a lot of bands, you never work towards that. It's it's almost like a it's great when it happens, but it's still got to feel special to be out there on that night. Well, I'll tell you really what was really special about it. It's, it's the last time that I saw a lot of people who I really admire, such as such as the Bee Gees. They were there, and two of them are now gone, of course. And uh, Michael Jackson, and of course he's gone. So a lot of people that we were shared the stage with are not around anymore, you know. And that was quite an evening uh, because I think Buffalo Springfield was on that, and uh, uh, I think Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young were also there. And as I say, Jackson Five, uh, Bee Gees. Um, it was an interesting uh, uh, induction, uh, and uh, you know that's what I really take from it mostly. Is I saw a lot of my a lot of my friends that are no longer here. Definitely, and um, I know. So, in addition to the Rock Hall of Fame, you've also been inducted in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and I know I've heard other interviews where that was a special, special treat for you. You know, to be recognized at the songwriting aspect. Who are some of your songwriting heroes? Well, you know, I came up classically, and uh, then as I got into pop music, I, I started playing in bands with these phenomenal writers uh, whose names maybe people don't know, Cole Porter, Sammy Kahn, Irving Berlin. You know, I wrote all, I, I, I played uh, all these classicals, a classical bit of like, you know, masterpiece pop songs. And so, you know, to be included anywhere in that group, I mean, Hal David, Burt Bacharach, you know, and then we take, uh, you know, Lieber, uh, what do you call that, uh, Lieber and Stoller, and, you know, the, the the wonderful Motown writers that are there. That, that was quite a, quite a thing. You know, I was really very, very proud of that. Awesome. Well, you've been more than generous with your time. We can't wait to see you out at the Birchmere on August 16th. In closing, why should our listeners come out? They heard this interview. Why, sh- why should they come out on that night? Well, I'll explain to you. In the old days... We did not have the iPhones or the Internets or the Facebooks or the Twitters and all that kind of social media. Our generation was connected by the music. And that's what we try to uh, recreate is that kind of feeling that everybody knows one another. And, you know, John is in love and Paul is breaking up and Keith is in trouble. And that's the kind of mood we create. And everybody gets a chance to sing and, and kind of re, 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 relive those moments. Well, I've appreciated reliving all these moments during this uh, chat. So thank you so much for joining us, Felix. This is this was great. I, I love these trips down memory lane. So thank you. Thank you for your time, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, you know, you take care. Hope to see you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.